everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hello. Hey. Thanks to all of you listeners for tuning into episode 73 of Hop Culture. We have had an eventful week in our family. Uh, you may have seen our Instagram announcement that Anne had her baby. Dottie Louise was born June 7th, and she and Anne are both doing great. Um, so understandably, it's just going to be the three of us, meaning me, Claire, and Tess, um, for a few weeks while Anne gets back on her feet. And then Tess, do you want to give us an update on what's going on in your life? Sure. Um, we just made it a couple days ago to Kurtzville, Missouri, where we're going to be for the next <clears throat> two years at least. And we're loving it. When we <laughs> when we first got here, I don't know if we've told this story on the pod yet, um, but Grace, when she got to her house, thought it was shaking, like the <laughs> foundation was not sturdy. <laughs> and she also thought, she's like, is it a lot smaller than it looked? It always, it always looks smaller in real life. <laughs> I thought the house was falling down because I was shaking. <laughs> and everyone wor- warned us that that would probably happen when we got here. Not, It didn't really happen with our house because we didn't make any kind of commitment. We're just renting. Um, and it's, a, it's really cute. We love our little place. But when we first got here, it was nighttime. So we just came and drove by the house. And then we drove down kind of a weird, like, way to get to the motel that we were staying at. And it was just kind of like, you know, nighttime is not the best time to see a new place. Mm-hmm. And I just I was like, are we going to be safe here? And it didn't help that the motel that we were staying at was like, kind of, you know, the, the worst motel in town, for mm-hmm. sure. And there were some you know, strange men eating Carl's Jr. <laughs> outside. <laughs> Hardee's, actually, as it's oh, known yeah. here. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm getting used to that. But once I saw it in the live day, I love it here, and we're getting moved in, and everything's everything's well, great. You love it. That's good. There, yeah, there's actually a lot more than I expected. There's a Menards and a Home Depot <gasps> right next to oh, each no other. No way. Wow. There's um, an Ashley Furniture. Wow. Uh, there's a huge aquatic center here that's very pretty. There's really pretty parks. Oh, nice. Um, I thought this is kind of place. a one-horse yeah. town. And we tried <laughs> the Euros here because that's like one of the the biggest attractions as far as food in Kirksville. And they're actually so good. There's this Greek corner little hole-in-the-wall shop, and it's really good. So Fun. I'm feeling great. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you met any of your neighbors or anything? Yes, we met our neighbors from across the street, and they are really, really nice, just like a normal family. They have two kids, and they seem like really nice people. So I'm feeling great. <laughs> I feel very safe. That's awesome. <laughs> Unlike the first night. Well, the first night anywhere, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people have had good experiences. I've never enjoyed my first night in any new home so it's always yeah. stressful you always feel like you made a huge mistake it's, <laughs> yeah. it's always unsafe 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you always feel unsafe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so true. It must just be like it must be new, some new kind sounds, of sounds, I think. New sounds, mm-hmm. exactly. It's probably also some kind of like I don't know, evolutionary tool to like help you be mm. aware and like It's actually settings. it's probably like this that's, book. If something's true. familiar, mm-hmm. it's because it hasn't killed you yet. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's a good transition. Great transition. Way to go, Grace. <laughs> so, we are doing another installment of Hop Culture Book Club today. Um so the book that we read uh this time was called Hitmakers: How to Succeed in an Age of Distraction. And it's written by Derek Thompson, who's a journalist at The Atlantic. So the book really tries to explain like how and why certain things become more popular than others. Like how, you know, certain like songs, books, TV shows, politicians, products um, rise to the top. Is it because they're inherently better or, you know, what causes that? Um, And so I'm going to read you just like a little blurb from the back of the book. It says, nothing goes viral. If you think a popular movie, song, or app came out of nowhere to become a word-of-mouth success in today's crowded media environment, you're missing the real story. Each blockbuster has a secret history of power influence, dark broadcasters, and passionate cults that turn some new products into cultural phenomena. Before we like dive into the content of the book... Do you guys feel like you're the type of people who like something, like if something's popular, are you like, ooh, I want to try that because it's popular? Or do you tend to kind of be like, oh, that's really popular, so I'm not going to try it? Because I feel like there's like two types of people in the world. And that's obviously a generalization. But like... I like to think that I'm the type of person that tries something if it intrigues me, whether it's popular or not. But Mm -hmm. that's just obviously not true because you I'm not going to see something unless it's popular Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but I'm I mean I'm super influenced by like advertisements and stuff I'm all if someone makes it look good I like to say I'm a level seven susceptible um which is what on community they call the dean that um it's like a (laughs) on a scale of what from one from one to ten one to seven um (laughs) like (laughs) he was buying like multiple hondas um (laughs) That's but so yeah, funny. I'm very easily influenced. I definitely wouldn't turn my nose up at something that's popular. But if if something is like oversaturated, I think I get sick of stuff quicker than most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true about you. I One of my favorite things about Grace is that if you make something sound really appealing, she gets so excited about it. And it really just it <laughs> feels good. I guess that's the wrong way of one of my top, you know, 1,000 <laughs> favorite things. Um, but yeah, Grace is very easily persuaded. I feel I feel like I'm kind of like a middle type of person in the worst way because at first, <laughs> if something's really popular, I'm against it because I'm like, that's so dumb. I see through that. That's not, we don't need to spend, you know, $60 on this product that's the same as every other $20 product. But then months or sometimes, you know, like a year later when everybody already has it and it's no longer like cool <laughs> yeah, or fun to have too. it, that's when I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's like exactly how it was for me with a lot of, especially like Instagram famous, like influencer type products. I'm always like the last person to get them, but I always get them mm-hmm. in the end. 
That's no, how I'm, I felt when we way. tried to get the Stanley mugs a little bit. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I've held out this whole time with my like off-brand Amazon water bottle that I've been like, it works the same way. It keeps <laughs> cold. And then I got like a glimpse of getting a Stanley mm-hmm. tumbler and I was like, I'm going to have a Stanley tumbler. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We have to tell that saga. Yeah. We were going to save it for, well, we were going to talk about the phenomenon of the Stanley cup later in the episode, but let's just talk about our like devastating heartbreak as a group <laughs> because it was really, it really ruined my day. Like that day. I feel like, yeah, I it feel like you should be the one to Claire. tell it Claire mm-hmm. because it really was the it worst. Was my on, it was the hardest on you. Okay, well, I I shared this already with my, you know, people on my Instagram, but not really, but like the, the three friends that responded to my story. Basically, so I have a Stanley mug. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. And I know that's like classic, like basic LDS mom to say, but I really, truly do love it. Use it constantly. And do I need a second one? Probably not, but I just really want another one. You know, every time they're doing another drop or launch or whatever, I'm tempted, you know. Anne has one. She also (laughs) wanted a second one. And then Grace and Tess don't have one. So we were all going to buy one when they were restocking. It was going to be so cute, like a little sister's Mm -hmm. adventure. Exactly. And everyone else, like people were going different directions that day. And I was going to be home with Henry because he was napping. And so I was like, it was going to be every woman for herself. And we were all just going to like get, try to get on like on our phones, you know, at noon when it, when they launched. But I was like, well, it'll probably be cheaper shipping wise if I do it for all of us and I'll be home like by my computer, I can do it. And I really thought that if I was there right when it, you know, we knew the colors and like ready to go as soon as it hit noon. I guess I'm naive, but I just thought I would be able to get one. <laughs> so long story short, I'm on there. You know, I'm watching a countdown. I get them like immediately. It sends me to like this checkout queue. You're snapping so much. I'm snapping so much <laughs> to emphasize like how bam, bam, bam on top of things I was. Like bada bing, bada boom, click, 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 click. I had the colors. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote the colors down to like triple, quadruple check. I had all our colors. It was chambray. It was driftwood. It was grapefruit, and I can't remember Anne's, but it was the the light pink one. I'm sitting there in the queue, and I'm watching my cart sold out, sold out, sold out. And I'm like, who got these mugs? Because who could possibly – or tumblers. Like, who who was on here before me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you just wonder. I'm like, what's going on mm-hmm. here, Stanley? Someone is telling me. They're like, maybe they didn't even restock them. It's just like to trick people into like creating the hype, you know? So mm-hmm. I kind of put a bad taste in my mouth now. And I'm like, I don't even want to mm-hmm. try again because it just makes well, like, me sad. What kind of manufacturer just like purposely, like isn't making enough? Well, product. I think it's just well, to create that's the hype. what creates the hype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and like, it's like, that's so annoying. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Look, you've got like, these aren't like mom. like nice Nikes or something. Yeah, it's just like moms who want to drink their water. It's not. <laughs> we're not. It's like, just a group. It's a group of sisters who want to have like a. We all have the same tumbler. Mm-hmm. We're heading into yeah. summer and we just want to drink lame water. People, we just want our water. Exactly. We're, we're not. Tumblers. We're not influencers. Like we just we're not want a cup. Too much. Oh, well, that's man. why we didn't get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
who was mm-hmm. oh Luke. Luke was like, he's like, I bet he was getting all wrapped up, and he's like, I bet they, <laughs> I bet they like send them to influencers. Like I bet influencers can get them, and I'm like, oh, the influencers got them already because they're showing off their new colors the week leading up to it to like get the rest mm-hmm. of us little peasants excited for these cups to restock. And so I'm like, oh, they definitely like already have them. But anyway, it's just it was it was heartbreaking. I can't remember how we got on that tangent. Popularity. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what this has to do with the book. <laughs> oh, we're talking about things. Yeah. W- like the Stanley mug. It was popular. I'm trying to think of uh, some examples of that. But I've had things like that, too, where I've kind of been like, mm, I'm not going to try it. And then I'm the same way. Then I become obsessed with it like 10 years after everybody else. And mm-hmm. And then it's like more embarrassing than if I had just become excited about it, like when the general public was excited about it. But what are, I thought this would be fun. What are some popular things that you just have tried and just like can't get behind or you just refuse to try? And we're probably going to offend some people here, but Mm -hmm. it is what it is. One that I refuse to try is Olivia Rodrigo. What? Really? I didn't know that. Because I I don't know why. It's just, I guess I just don't listen to the radio that much. And so like, I would have to seek out her music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm just, I think it's anything new at this point. I think I'm at the age where like, if something's placed in front of me new, I'll try it, but I'm not looking for it. Mm -hmm. And especially I'm not looking for it from like a person much younger than me. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's like a jealousy of youth thing where I'm like, (sighs) or if it's just... I'm like a curmudgeon. I don't know. But well, I know that her music is good. Like, I don't have anything against her. It's just I'm too old. That's how I feel about TikTok, where I'm like, it probably it would be really fun. But out of pride, it's like that meme that was going around that was like, I don't watch TikToks. I wait a month till they come on to Instagram as a reel. Like, <laughs> Because I'm so like, out of pride, I'm like, no, I'm in my 30s. I'm too old. I'm not going on TikTok. Which I know there's pe- there's like older people on TikTok. But one, okay, this is kind of niche. And I want to make it clear. If you like these, I'm sure they look so cute on you. This is just for me. <laughs> for me and my house. There's these free people workout shorts that I've seen a lot of influencers talking about. Mm-hmm. I first started seeing them last summer. And now it's summer again. So they're showing up again. They're very high-waisted. They have like a like a almost like a smocked waist. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, Tess? I'm looking them up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know the ones. Slits on the sides. Mm-hmm. They're cute. They come in cute colors. For me, it just kind of feels like little pantaloons or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And well, I also can only, think I'm those too can old. Only be flattering on like I don't even know who those like they are flattering. They look good on these models. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they but I'm they like, would I, not. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, right, the problem is my kids like to hike their shorts up really, really tall. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> I was going to say, they just look reminds me like of like my little girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, they're cute for other people. That's just not something I'm going to be a part of. But and actually, I'm I'm looking at the pictures now. And yeah, I'm like, actually, these look really cute on the models. So maybe I need to rescind that. But again, maybe they've become familiar to you now. And now they exactly, are cuter. Exactly. Tess, do you have well? One? Yeah, I I'm just refusing in general to buy into like Y2K fashion mm-hmm. that's coming back. I know that like that's my generation's style, but 
And I'm just kind of like, pretty much all Gen Z style is not for me, I've decided, because it's all kind of like baggy, or it's like the Y2K, like really like short skirts, and like little, little tank tops and little like plastic purses. I don't know. It's just like mm-hmm. too confusing. It's very, I think it is I cute on the people start. who have it figured out, but it's, it's so like you have to commit. Mm-hmm. You have to buy a lot of new items from Shein. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not for me. Yeah, I feel like the styles when I was in like young college age were not that much of a commitment. Mm-hmm. Skinny yeah. jeans and like a long sweater or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you just buy like some clothes. staples, you yeah. know. Here, yeah, it's it's very like rebelling against minimalism, maybe like how we were talking about mm-hmm. maximalism. In, like, the greatest form, like, just, like, we're just consuming all these clothes. Well, I'm already thinking I should walk back the shorts thing because I'm feeling bad. <laughs> I know I have friends no. who I love them, and I really do think they look very cute on other people. But, yeah, I mean, that's just – that's the thing about, you know, talking about taste or popularity is, like, at the end of the day, everyone's going to have different tastes. So let's transition to actually talking about some stuff in the book. Okay, so first of all, our purpose with these book club episodes is to hopefully have a like an interesting conversation about the points of a nonfiction book that anyone could relate to, even if you haven't read the book. And we will tell you if we think it's a book that everyone should read for themselves. So what did you guys think of Hitmakers? I don't know why I found it like kind of depressing and hopeless. It was so depressing. Did you think it was okay? Mm-hmm. Good. I, did I was going to say that like I would categorize this one as a book that we read so that you guys don't have to. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't <laughs> yes. read this book. Yeah, I it agree. did not. I, it was so repetitive. Mm-hmm. I know that the point of the mm-hmm. book was to show that like things are popular because they repeat. Mm-hmm. But he kept saying things are popular because they repeat, but then sometimes they surprise you. Mm-hmm. And I ne- he never surprised. Mm-hmm. He just repeated that That's same true. idea over and over and over. The stories were interesting. And so I think if you're if you're really interested in the history of culture, mm-hmm. music, design, mm-hmm. art, all of that stuff, it had a lot of interesting stories, politics. I agree. Yeah. But it did not have a very bold takeaway. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was very I didn't feel like there was much. And I mean, as I got into the book, I was like, this is really prob- probably more aimed at, like, I really enjoy like Malcolm Gladwell and like that kind of, you know, style. So I was kind of thinking it would be more written for a broad audience. I would say this is probably more aimed at people who are in like the marketing, advertising, product development, totally. design world. So yeah, for the average person, I don't think there's a lot to take away. But even if I wasn't in, in those worlds, like, I was like, I don't know really what I would take away from this because it was like, it was basically like, there's no way to tell what's going to become popular. (laughs) It's true. I agree with Grace. The stories are really interesting, but it really felt more like a history than like a anything that I could actually apply Mm -hmm. to my life. I agree. Which would have been cool if it had been, I think if it had been like posed as that and didn't keep trying to have a point, I would have Mm -hmm. taken it a lot better, but like. One of the concepts that he talks about pretty early on in the book is this acronym Maya, uh, which somebody else coined. Uh, Raymond Louie, I think was his name, or Lowy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Raymond Lowy was this like super prolific designer. He overhauled a bunch of things that were because you know when the early inventions they were just functional, and he made them like 
marketable, you know, look mm-hmm. cool. And so he coined this acronym. So it stands for most advanced yet acceptable, which basically means like as different and new and exciting as you can be while still being like familiar enough to like instantly be palatable. Mm-hmm. And this author just basically sort of rehashed that idea over and over and over. So like anyone <laughs> yeah. who is involved in like marketing and design probably knows that you need to have like familiar yeah. with a twist to mm-hmm. sell something. Like this was, you know, this idea was created in the what like 30s or 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I was like if you're in if you're a designer or yeah, anything in software, whatever, I'm sure you're probably familiar with Raymond Lowy because he seemed like he was, I might be mispronouncing that, but he sounds like he's like the grandfather of industrial design, basically. Yeah. Like he designed the Shell logo, he designed the Coke bottle, like all of these iconic brands that we still see today. So I'm sure people have heard of him, but I agree. I thought that was like one good, succinct takeaway that, and an example that the author of this book gave was Hamilton is a good example because it's like American history that we're generally familiar with, but set um, in a genre that would maybe be like a bit surprising or different, different enough to be fun. But the storyline is something that will appeal to like a broader audience. So that was helpful. I kind of, another example I thought of was the Lululemon, what are they calling them? Hip packs or something. Oh, yeah, they have I can't a fun remember what, name for them. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. I have one. I just got it. And I'm laughing, again, with the, like, late adoption <laughs> like, yeah. trends. I also, Claire and I both recently got the same exact one. Mm-hmm. Same color like, and everything. Yeah, years late <laughs> to the trend. Um, oh, belt bag. That's what they're calling them. It's a belt, belt bag. bag. But, I mean, belt it's basically bag. it's basically a fanny pack. But I'm like, that's a good example, I think, of something that's like, it's a familiar concept. It's like a crossbody. Everyone knows a fanny pack and everyone knows a crossbody purse, you know, and that's not a brand new concept of like a small lightweight bag to keep, you know, your keys and wallet in when you're out and about. But they put a twist on it. So it's like sporty and a little different than like the fanny packs that we knew in the 90s, you know, so I'm like, it's it's just like little twists like that, that I think help things take off. But I agree. I was almost like, well, you're basically just rehashing what Raymond Lowy <laughs> said over and over. Um, and then there were a few stories about things that were like, okay, here was an example. The Mona Lisa um, was actually not very famous until it was stolen. And then that really hyped up. And like all these art critics suddenly started saying it was, you know, the best painting of all time and stuff. But it really wasn't famous until it was stolen. And then everyone started like paying attention to it, which maybe now that there was that. Did you guys see that guy that like put a pie on the Mona mm-hmm. Lisa? <laughs> so that's just really, I mean, he's just playing right into this, you know, mm-hmm. that, like it's really notoriety that makes something. Maybe popular. that was his point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it also talked about Kaibot, the artist that was an impressionist that was probably just as much, if not more, talented and well-known in his day as an impressionist. But because he did this show where he promoted like a lot of his less popular friends like um, Monet and Degas and stuff, those were the artists that took off rather than him. And now no one – I'd never heard of Kaibot, you know, so. Yeah, I thought that was funny because he also said that Kaibot had had purchased 
all of like their least marketable works and like the ones that weren't even really their like their best. Mm-hmm. Um, in his opinion, because you know he was a, he sounds like a very dear friend. <laughs> I really I know that up. was so nice. <laughs> And anyway, so he he bought all of these works and then he displayed them. And those are the ones, a lot of the ones that we know as like really famous now. <laughs> and we like all think they're like these masterpieces of impressionism. But back then, like they were not. So they aren't like, you know, actually maybe their best works. They're just yeah. the ones that got popular. It's Which that, that was part of what was so like. I don't know why I found the book depressing because it's not like I'm like in advertising or anything. Um, <laughs> I just don't like a nonfiction book where there's not a clear, like actionable takeaway, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, plus a lot of the modern things that he would say would be popular was like, and Justin Bieber promoted Call Me Maybe on Twitter. And I'm like, okay, so if if we could get Justin Bieber to promote our podcast, that mm-hmm. would be done. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like yeah. his points were so obvious. Like, yeah. he was like, Instagram took off because they got the five most influential tech people in California to post their Instagram photos. And mm-hmm. I was like, Duh. like, I don't know. That's so obvious how that would work. That's why there are influencers. People try to get influencers to promote their products because they have a huge following. That's not really yeah. like something we haven't figured out. Well, maybe the whole point of this book was that, you know, might not be the very best book on marketing and whatever, but it got popular. Like we read and it. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, we read it. Exactly. I think so, what was sad maybe or like a bit of a womp womp for me was just the fact that popularity really doesn't – I mean, I guess we know this logically, but it's not the best things that always rise to the top, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do think that popularity – like, I do think people that have a prejudice against popularity are like, oh, you know, this band mm-hmm. sold out or whatever. And sometimes it's like, well, if it's really popular, it could be because it's really good. But I also am like, well, this is depressing that the things that become famous are not. He was proving over and over that often, like, the things that become famous were not necessarily the best of the best. And I'm like, well, it just sort of felt like everything was inevitable mm-hmm. because it was just basically like if you're exposed to something a lot you'll like it. Or like if you're exposed to a presidential candidate a lot on the news, even if it's negative news, like Mm -hmm. that's who's going to get elected. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of like no one has ideals. You know, like no, there isn't anything guiding us except what's most familiar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. One actionable takeaway that I took from the book was that I should not try to list out like as many things that I love about I love the people part. in my life as I can. Because, yeah, there, it's like this um, interesting, like, I guess they've done studies that if you ask someone to rate a movie on like a scale of one to 10 and on how good it is, they rate it. And then you ask them to name exactly seven things or something that they liked about the movie and they have to name these things. Then if you ask them to rate it again, afterwards, they'll rate it lower than they did the first time on average. And this happens with people, too. Like, if you ask someone to list, like, you know, 10 things they love about their spouse versus asking them to list, like, three things, they actually will have a more negative, like, feeling towards their spouse (laughs) after that because it just requires more, like, energy and our minds mistake that 
for like we don't like it because <laughs> our mm-hmm. minds don't like to work hard sometimes. It's like as it gets harder and harder to find like the 10 things, yeah, you, your <laughs> mind starts to decide like, oh, it's really not that right. good. This is, yeah. <laughs> so that was, there. that's the takeaway for us. <laughs> I liked when it talked about the idea of like wanting to rail against the mainstream is the impetus between behind people joining cults sort of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, that made me feel a little bit superior to people who hate stuff because it's popular. So it's like, okay, <laughs> you just go join a cult. Yeah. You're like, at least I'm not going to join a cult. But then it was like people who've been to college and are like middle-class are most likely to join cults. So then I was kind of humbled. Yeah. I, like, like, I'm back. I guess we're all susceptible. <laughs> Um, well, was that kind of where he was talking? There was one section where he was talking about how people like to feel like they're part of like an inside joke or like an in like they like to feel like a part of kind of like an exclusive group. Because he talked about the guy that started the button business. Did you remember that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was like that depressed me too. Oh, no. Tell us more. <laughs> Just buttons. Well, I Memes depress me. Oh, memes no. are a thing that are very popular that make me feel really dark about humanity. Why? That's <laughs> so funny because I'm the opposite. I love memes. Because <laughs> there are these things that like people think are like interesting and unique about themselves, but everyone's sharing it because it's actually something that everyone has in common. I don't know. There's sort of a feeling of like, like this. Oh my gosh, this is so me. Mm-hmm. But it's Ooh. everyone, mm-hmm. but everyone feels special for, like, relating to it. Yeah. And something about that makes – I don't know why it just makes Well, that's makes why you got it. Well, he was talking about how people are way more likely to fixate on themselves online than in person. Like, you're mm-hmm. way more likely to talk about yourself in an online setting, like, on social media or something than you would in, like, a conversation. It was, like – 30% in a conversation and 80% online because mm. you'll focus on yourself in the conversation. Well, the meme thing – so, yeah, he talked about this guy who started this button, you know, like, I don't know how to distinguish between buttons on clothes and, like, you know, buttons. buttons. on bags. Buttons on bags, yeah. The kind of buttons <laughs> you get at the state fair if you're from Alaska. Just kidding. They're, people always got, like, buttons made with their picture at the fair. No, these are the kind that have, like, funny little sayings. So I looked this guy up on Etsy. He's taking a break, but his name, his Etsy shop is called Bean Forest. And like here are a few examples. Spell check yourself before you wreck yourself. My life story is unfolding in the wrong genre. I'm not to be trusted with a credit card in a bookstore. Like things like that. That one really turned my stomach. But it's like he said, he's like, I was shocked that people loved. He just kind of started these like on a whim when he was stuck Mm -hmm. in a job he didn't like and he was writing like funny captions for comics and his coworkers were like you're really like you're good at this so he just kind of started this little side hustle and now he has like 300,000 sales on Etsy or something he's been wildly popular but I was like this is like the precursor to memes you know Mm -hmm. or like those magnets Mm -hmm. that had like funny like the the 1950s woman saying something kind of like edgy while she like sips her tea. You know, the ones I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. These ones were like, my dog knows I'm an introvert or, you know, like mm-hmm. things like that, like tying like obsession with pets, with being an introvert, <laughs> with like reading books and like yeah. being very online. But his point was he was shocked at the popularity because it was one of those things where he was like, oh, these are such a niche thing. It's like kind of like nerdy humor 
And he was really shocked to realize how popular it was. And it kind of ties back to everyone likes to feel the familiarity of like, oh, I recognize myself in that. But you like it to be novel enough that it feels like special that you can relate to it kind of. Mm -hmm. And I feel like memes, I'm like, well, that's how memes came to be. Because we all want to feel like you said, this is me. And I think that's my problem with them is like the, (laughs) the false sense of specialness. I think I'm rigidly like, none of us are special. Yeah, you're really like, (laughs) this is a very like utilitarian. Yeah. I'm like, we are cogs in a machine. Mm -hmm. Everyone plays their part. This is 1984. Yeah, we all were wearing We work together to a common goal. Mm -hmm. No one is above the other. We're all wearing like gunny sackcloth tunics in the show. (laughs) Or what is it? The Giver. (laughs) Like that's. (laughs) Yeah, none of you can see color. Mm hmm. Stop deluding yourselves. Exactly. Well, I love memes. I think you just have to find good ones because you're right. Sometimes I see someone, I'm like, mm, that's a dime a dozen. When it's like jokes about like, oh, I don't like to answer the door. And I'm like, it's 2022. No one likes to it's answer tr- the uh, door. <laughs> I saw a meme that is Mickey Mouse talking to the devil. And he says, I'm a big fan of your work. <laughs> I really like that one. So dark. Grace is in a dark place tonight. (laughs) I I have something against Mickey Mouse, I think. I Wait, so the devil's saying that to Mickey Mouse? It's Both of their mouths are open, so it's hard to tell who's talking. I thought you were saying that to the devil. the devil is probably talking to Mickey Mouse. Okay, that's funny. (laughs) Other way around. Either way, it's (laughs) Either way, it's bad. But yeah, we got way off track here. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know what the takeaway is from that part. It just, it just, sorry. No, like, so Grace kind of alluded to this already, and it is kind of like a duh, but I did still kind of think it was interesting, especially, you know, if you're like us and you're trying to grow something that you're creating, I do think it's worth at least understanding how things like this work. So, you know, you're always hearing about things going viral, quote unquote, and he pointed out that. Viral is obviously, and this was pre-pandemic, but now we know it even more, you know, the way a virus spreads is like one person is sick and then they spread it to like one or two other people. They spread it to one or two or three other people. It's like a slow growing, what's that in math, where it's growing? Exponential. It's like an exponential growth, but it's not, it's not one person broadcasting it to a million people, you know? And he was like, most things that really get popular like the Justin Bieber tweeting, call me maybe thing, they had one or two broadcasters who have a big following, a big platform, who really got it out there. And that's a little bit of a bummer if you're just kind of like working hard at slow and steady growth. <laughs> and his his point was like, you should have a combo of both, like in a perfect world, you know. Um, but he talked about, uh, do you guys remember Coney 2012? Yeah. That phenomenon. Grace, you might have been on your mission, and Tess, you were just like a little child 10 years ago, so you probably don't remember. (laughs) I mean, I was like 13, but... (laughs) Yeah, even I barely remember this, but I think his name is Joseph Coney. He's this really evil, corrupt... I'm going to butcher this. I actually read it in the middle of the night on Wikipedia, and now I can't remember remember exactly, (laughs) but he's a very corrupt leader of some kind in an African nation. And there was this filmmaker who did this YouTube video trying to raise awareness of what was going on. 
And it just absolutely caught wildfire. Like it was, and it was one of the first things I really remember being like, whoa, this, now things like that happen more frequently. But I mean, it was like huge. Everyone was talking about it and Oprah tweeted it. And like, it was just, Oprah, I think was one of the people that was like really instrumental in getting it out there. So the author's point was like, things like that that spread, it's usually if you really trade, he said back in the day, you know, with like, the Coke bottle or, you know, the early days of television. People just kind of had to make a guess about how things became popular. But now that we have like an online digital trail, you can kind of see like who shared what in like how things got popular. And so um, that was just kind of interesting, I guess. And so back to the Stanley Cup, I was actually listening to an interview with um, the three women behind the buy guide, which is an Instagram account. And I didn't realize because Stanley, you know, is a tool company. Like they've been around according to my cup that I have right here since 1913. So this is not like a new (laughs) company, you know? Um, And I guess that they were, I think they were maybe even going to discontinue these tumblers. Like they were not trendy, but this, um, these ladies behind this Instagram account, had, and they share like products they love. They had found these and they were telling friends about them, but they didn't come in very many colors. And I think they were discontinuing them. them. I could be wrong. I listened to an interview with them on the podcast Pop Apologists. And it was really interesting to kind of like hear how this trend kind of caught on. And so they had this really big platform and they went to Stanley and they were like, hey, we want to help you sell these. And Stanley Rand was like, what are you talking about? Like, they they just didn't think that, like, women would be interested in this cup from, like, an old tool company. You know, it was just, like, not even on their radar. And they were like, no, trust us. Like, we have a platform. We can sell these. And so they partnered with them and they, like, ramped up production. They got new colors coming out. And sure enough... They got it, you know, they had this big platform, got it out there, more big influencers like have. And so it really came down to just like these ladies wanting to promote this cup. And that's like really what you can trace it back to. Mm. And they're still involved. I think they still get like a commission on all of the cups. Um, So it was not like this organic thing of just like one friend told another friend that this is a cool cup. It was really came down to like this one brand deciding that they wanted to to make it a thing. And then now friends talk about it, but it's like usually initially it needs like one big shove from like one Mm -hmm. or two big sources kind of. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I want to make it clear that I don't, I don't begrudge people who are able to make something popular, but like, I love Call Me Maybe. Mm -hmm. And I know, where would you, where would we be without it? Right into our sphere. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't mind it. It's sort of just like the feeling of of like we're not making any of our own choices. No, I agree. I agree. And it's not as romantic of an of a concept as like, oh, well, and I think it kind of what I've noticed is a lot of influencers, and again, I have nothing against influencers. I just like it's like Grace. I like to just know like I don't want to be a cog in the machine. I want to know when I'm being influenced, you know, by people. And I've noticed a lot of influencers will kind of be like, hey besties, or like we're all, you know, you guys are my friends. So like, I have to tell you first. And it's like this false sense of intimacy because we like Mm -hmm. the idea of friends sharing recommendations with each other. That feels much more like organic and like fun and like a good warm, fuzzy feeling than just being like, 
I am one of millions of followers who's doing what this celebrity <laughs> has told me to do. You know, it, it just doesn't have the same, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You just don't feel like special when you do things that everyone well, else like, is doing. I saw this this article about various cele- like music people, like musicians who are being forced to make TikToks by their record labels in order to like <laughs> oh, drive no. sales. And these these people are making these like sad TikToks about like, I have to make a TikTok in order to sell my album. But then the article was like, is this part of a greater ploy to make these go viral to get publicity around their album dropping? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and so you're just kind of feeling like everything is just sort of, I don't know, nothing is real. Mm -hmm. I think this book really, it really. It messed us up for some reason. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was me that chose it. And it was, I'm going to be real with the listeners. It was sort of like a last minute. Like, uh uh-oh, what should we read? Because we had another book lined up, but it was one Anne wanted to talk about. And Anne was like, don't pick one that I wanted to talk about while I'm gone. So, yeah, for some reason, I don't know why it made me depressed, too. (laughs) The whole time I was reading it. Um, We'll do a more upbeat one. And I don't think this poor author, what was his name, Derek something? I don't think he meant to be depressing. He had an interesting writing style. He had His stories were great. They were Mm -hmm. really interesting historical Mm -hmm. stories. It was just like the... It just was one point over. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I thought it would be fun, though, before we wrap up. Let's say that we were the Justin Biebers, the Oprahs, you know, of Twitter. And we had a platform to make something that's not very popular, really, really popular. What would you guys wish that you could tell everybody about? It's too late, but it would be the Jalapeno McDouble from McDonald's. (laughs) I've talked about it on the pod before. I've signed a petition trying to bring it back. It did not have very many signatures. Well, hey, the Mexican pizza didn't that come back to Taco Bell? So there's always hope. <laughs> no, there's always hope with Taco Bell. Well, and again, yeah, Taco Bell it was constantly rotating. Uh, what, what's her name? It was Dolly Parton. I feel like she. Speaking of big influencers, she I think was one of the big pushes behind the Mexican pizza coming back. Dolly, Did you know that? Please, really? if, you're listening, mm-hmm. if you're out there, Dolly, the jalapeno McDouble. It was so good. <laughs> I also had a fast food thing. I just would like to, if I were big, I would advertise for free for Arby's because I just feel- love Arby's. I love Arby's. And I just, every time I visit an Arby's, it makes me so sad because I feel like they're on the brink of extinction because every Arby's looks exactly the same and they're all completely run down. And- all they need is a little marketing, you know? They just aren't they aren't putting themselves out there. <clears throat> I think they just kind of accepted their fate, maybe, and it worries me. So that's what I would... I just, I'm just worried about the future, and I wish I had a way to prevent the inevitable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe they've just settled into a niche of... Kind of like they talked about in the book most things are very mediocre. Like most TV shows are not super popular. Most movies aren't blockbusters. Maybe they're just like, hey, we're just going to be slow and steady. I mean, that's, win that's awards, true. You know. And pretty much every town that you go to has an Arby's. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're not, they're not, you know, completely. Yeah, but have you ever seen dimmed. an Arby's that wasn't like on its last legs? <laughs> we actually <sighs> randomly went yeah. to a really nice one in like, 
kind of in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. Oh. In the winter. It was, but again, we were like the only people there, mm-hmm. but it had recently been renovated. And it you was just really nice. Like Ar- Arby's doesn't have a lot of money for renovations. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. exactly. Like that's they true. wish they could market themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, I wish, mine's also too late. Um, I wish <laughs> that I could have saved the show Mr. Mayor on NBC because it got canceled. And oh. Dave and I thought it was really funny. Didn't Grace, didn't you watch it? Someone watched it and didn't think it was funny. Was it you? Um, no, it wasn't me. That I thought that maybe you're mixing up that you never would watch The Good Place. Oh, you know what? I was type of show. I was going <laughs> to talk about the good place at the beginning as my as the popular thing I can never get behind. But I I like the concept. I just it just hasn't clicked for me. And so you know me, I'm going to get into it like in mm-hmm. three years, and you it'll are. be a when decade. You, when you do, we'll we'll welcome you with open arms. Thank you. Thanks for the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wish I could have saved Mr. Mayor. I thought it was really funny, but I think Dave and I were the only people that watched it. So. <laughs> too little, too late. Um, but what we really just want to say before we close is we really do appreciate jokes aside about wishing that we, you know, had millions of listeners. That would be cool. But we are so grateful for those of you that do, you know, find a little something you recognize in yourself in our weirdness. And we are grateful that you guys listen, even though. I don't know why this is turning depressing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why is it so dark? I, I think we need why. like a I, reset for next I week. I know. Because... We need a, like a really upbeat book next time. It was depressing. Of all the here. books I've read. I know. It was just, it was. It really did bad. feel, it felt like chaos theory. Like there's no rhyme or reason. You're just moving through life as a little. <laughs> I item. just, I didn't have quite as much of an existential crisis. As you guys seem to have. I think I'm always on the brink. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. Yep, not for I you. just I cracked. <laughs> okay. Well let's just let's just scurry into weekly wins. <laughs> There's no like <laughs> um, who wants to go first. I am obsessed with plumbing right now. Oh my word. Can that be a win? Sure. <laughs> um I've been researching plumbing diagrams and like venting plumbing, mainline, the stack, all of that. I'm so excited about it. I told dad it's my new electrical work because there was a period of time where I was researching like wiring diagrams and stuff and I would get so excited that I couldn't sleep. (laughs) It happened to me the other night I was researching plumbing stuff and I couldn't sleep for, I didn't fall asleep until like four or five in the morning. What? That is not normal. I was so excited about it. Like, I, my mind was just spinning thinking about plumbing. So it's a half good, half bad. That's probably why I'm in a fragile place, mm-hmm. quite honestly. You haven't been getting yeah. enough sleep. Because this was like a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I'm so excited for, <laughs> for you. I don't really mean to say. <laughs> You're so mean. I feel bad that my weekly win is pretty much just those heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I already you're mentioned like, them. <laughs> like, let me emphasize but I love again. Them. The they're really good. They're really I'm good. Heroes. That's and they're right next to they're right next to our house. They're like four minutes away from our house, mm. and um, they're right next to the college campus, which I discovered has an Einstein bagels. Which is funny because Luke and I actually said <laughs> as we were leaving promo, we were like, "Really gonna miss Einstein bagels?" Not that we go there that often, but it's just comforting to have <laughs> it's bagels a nationwide nearby. Chain. <laughs> I know, but I was just like, 
Man, we're not going to have that in Kirksville. That's too That's too niche. I do remember there was a period of time where you guys were going to Einstein Bagels a lot. We Yeah, because if you do the survey on the on the receipt, you get two free bagels, which oh, is exactly how many bagels we need. And you what's can just your, keep doing it. What's your Einstein order, Tess? Um, it's different every time, but it's usually, um, well, my, I think my, I don't know. I'm, that's too much pressure because <laughs> I think one of my favorites is very, um, boring. It's just the French toast bagel with plain cream cheese. Ooh, sounds good, though. It's really good. Um, so yeah, we did, and anyway, the campus, um, of Truman State, which is the undergrad college here, is so cute. And it's right next to the year place, and it's just such a little happy spot in town. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be uh, loading up on lamb meat <laughs> for the next couple of months. <laughs> well, it's just so nice to have, like, a good, fast, casual go-to place, you know, that's, like, mm-hmm. close by. And, I mean, that's a great feeling when you move somewhere new to, like, find a a local spot. Um, well, I can't wait to, I can't exactly. wait to have lamb meat when I come visit you in Missouri. So mm-hmm. I hope you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my weekly win is also a food thing. Um, I tried, I was at Trader Joe's and I feel like I've talked about a lot of Trader Joe's things on here, but they have these strawberry shortcake cookies right now. I've never seen them before. So I don't know if they're a new thing this summer, but they seem to be a seasonal thing. And it's a pack of six, which is perfect because it creates scarcity. You know, because it's like I need – like these have to be something that I kind of savor. Um, I did not realize there were only six in the package when I tore it open and ate two in like the first five (laughs) minutes. And then I was like, oh, no, there's only four more. Um, I will give the listeners a warning. They go stale kind of quickly. So like put them in like a Tupperware or a Ziploc bag. Don't just leave them in the box. Like Mm. and it kind of comes in like an Oreo like kind of, you know, Mm. foil – wrapped plastic thing um they're really good it's almost like a pecan sandy but instead of pecans it's like little chunks of dried strawberry and then there's like a strawberry frosting in the middle and i'm not usually like a huge strawberry dessert person i like strawberries but these are they're really good and i just i just recommend the other win is just that like we made it to the end of the school year we're heading into summer Okay, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow Hop Culture Pod for more fun. See you next week. Bye.